Okay, hello. Welcome to episode 148 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, we're coming to you right after the Thunders. Uh, th- th- I was about to say Thunderers game. Uh, it is the OKC Thunder that we just played, and we actually managed to get a win. Yay! <laughs> yeah, we're we're at that point in the season where oh my god, it's actually a good win to beat the OKC Thunder at this point. That's where we're at. Um, so yeah, um, it was, it was overall, it wasn't a pretty win. Like the the Thunder hung around for way longer than they ever should have, but a win is a win much like, you know, there are no such thing as moral victories anymore. There's no such thing as bad wins. A win's a win. Oh yeah. And now we're only one game behind the 10th seed. So. Oh, are we really? I I haven't checked the standings. Yeah, now we're 11th, and Portland dropped to 12. I gotta check Portland's schedule. They've been sliding, even though Dane's been playing really well. Yeah, they're a they're a whole other story all on its own. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, is it? We're, I'm not gonna worry about them. <laughs> okay, well, um, let's get into the game. Uh, so. The starters for this game, interestingly enough, Metu was out of the starting lineup. Um, it was Fox, Halliburton, Barnes, Bagley, and Holmes. So, but yeah, Bagley in place of Metu. And uh, Bentu instead, you know, usually Metu doesn't play <laughs> when he gets benched. But he did play this game. And, he, you know, they all provided pretty good minutes overall. Um, I'll just quickly kind of quickly recap the game. The game basically just, uh, it was you know back and forth like you know no one got the advantage honestly kind of annoyed me because they uh you know it's the okc thunder and they have a bunch of guys missing like their head coach is missing their whole entire bench uh, rotation is basically gone but most of their main players are still there you have shea goes alexander you have lou dort and that's really all you need to beat the kings at this point <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't forget Josh Giddy. I mean, we did. We well, he was did. out. We was yeah, out. he, he is he out. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, luckily they didn't, like, you know, I mean, uh, who am I kidding? They, they, didn't, they didn't beat us. Um, so, ultimately, it was fine. But, yeah, like, they still have rotational players. And, you ju- and you know, as the Philadelphia 76ers have proved, you you only need rotation level players to beat the Kings on certain nights. Yeah, sadly that is the case. Okay, well, um, the Kings I thought played some energetic defense to, um, in the first half. I'd say energetic, not good. <laughs> there was like they looked like they were communicating and they were kind of helping each other out, trying to cover for each other. But ultimately, like it's still the Kings. Like rotations were not perfect. They gave up open threes, and it actually led to the Thunder shooting ten for twenty-two from three in the first half. It was basically the thing that kept them in the game. Yeah, it seemed like most of the plays, uh, some, just a guy that drive or an OKC guy just drives towards the rim. Every or most of us uh, try to, you know, zone it, not zone it. What am I saying? Just collapse. just collapse on him, and you know, it ended up in an open free most of the time. And yeah, those ten frees really kept them up. 
uh, to be fair, the Kings themselves, I believe, shot, um, I think, uh, yeah, 9 for 18. It's not like they were that far off. A lot of it from Harrison Barnes as well, um, or, like in terms of threes. And one thing that was interesting about the defense, they were switching. The Kings just straight up switched everything in this game. And I thought it was interesting. I guess they, they're going to stop doing that drop defense stuff where, like, the big man is just way in the paint. Instead, they just switched. I, although I like to see them mix it up a little bit, but you know, with this team, I don't know if you want to keep messing with these to try to, which might ultimately confuse the players. But you know, I, I want to see them mix it up. I want to see them blitz the ball handler. Like you know, later on in the game, Shea, Shea like went off, like double that guy, get the ball out of his hands. Like you know, take steps into becoming a sophisticated defense. I know that sounds futile now, but you gotta you gotta make you gotta make progress you know oh yeah for sure okay um so let's see i lost where i was oh so the yeah as i mentioned the the thunder shot 10 for 22 from three um they tailed off big time in the second half they only made one three um let me see the attempt so yeah they were 10 of 22 in the first half they ended up 11 for 33. So for those of you that don't like to do math, that's one for 11 from three. So they really like tailed off. Um, the offense I thought was fine. It was the Kings offense. Like, you know, had some, you know, it has, there's not a whole lot of movement. And especially in the second half, then movement starts to die off for some reason. They did go on a horrific stretch, um, the Kings offense in the, th in the third where I think for a good two, three minutes, no one scored. It wasn't until Damian Jones drew a foul and made a free throw was the only like bucket that they got that during like that entire like four, three, four minute stretch. And that stretch showed you kind of the worst habits, if you will, of the Kings offense. You know, you know, one screen, they try to attack. They don't look to pass to anyone, even though the defense collapses on them and they get the shot blocked or it's a turnover. And then on the other, on the, on the, like coming down on fast breaks, when they get a stop, they would just look for the first shot. They would look for the first three. And even when it's like, you know, semi-open or completely open, it's not the, always the best shot out there. Like they were just kind of rushing these shots and like, it's the worst kind of offense or worst version of the Kings offense. And it was a very ugly stretch to watch. Yeah. And I'm, that consisted of Buddy, Metu, and Davis being on the floor too. And you know, you have mentioned that these are the kind of guys that will take the shot regardless <laughs> of uh, you know other teammates, I guess you could say. And uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to remember what kind of run OKC had. It was like a 17, maybe three run during the, that time or stretch or we just kept on turning it over and they kept on just running back and uh, scoring on us. Yeah, again, the worst, um, I believe it was a 17 to four run. I don't remember the number, but yeah, like, you know, in the half, we had a pretty decent lead in halftime and they cut, they cut into that with, you know, silly turnovers from the Kings and, you know, just like a lack of focus. I don't know what happens in that halftime locker room. They always just seem to come out pretty flat, especially lately. 
And yeah, so the the lineup you mentioned, you had you had Buddy, Terrence Davis, and Metu in the game with Fox and Damian Jones for most of that stretch. And ultimately, it was a positive stretch. But one thing, again, as you mentioned, the you have three shot chuckers, the three guys that like I guess Buddy is a knockdown shooter, but he hasn't been knocking down shots. Like these these are guys that are more or less rhythm guys who throw up a lot of shots and rely and rely on getting into a rhythm and they they just jacked shots and then you have fox out there who is is the guy you actually want creating offense like not taking really any shots during that stretch he fox actually didn't have a great game and he wasn't like you know as aggressive as he needed to be but like that's the guy you want creating offense that's the guy you want getting into the lane instead of you know buddy and td constantly jacking shots yeah, I mean, I don't know, like, I don't want to play the blame game, but I don't know uh, what kind of offense we're going to be doing with uh, those guys out. And, you know, maybe it's Gentry's move. I mean, who knows? Because I I feel like Fox definitely should have dro- driven more and also, you know, just draw the fouls. I mean, I'd rather have foul or draw fouls than uh, shoot a mystery. This will probably be the only time I'm going to talk about, you know, the, you know, trade options after a win because usually, usually after a win you got good vibes. You like, I like this team. That like maybe we can figure something out. But like I think there needs to be some sort of consolidation trade. Like one of those guys needs to go, and more than likely, like I would prefer it to be Buddy, um, just because like you know you take away one of those shot chuckers. Now there's just more shots to go around. And like, you know, James Ham and like uh, every, uh, pretty much the entire like media sphere, the King's media sphere is, is usually in agreement that you need to just kind of, you need to see what TD looks like without Buddy. And like, you know, Metsu can like, you know, get his spot minutes and like, you know, off the bench. I actually like this role for him off the bench. And we'll see what, what you got there. You have one less guy and maybe you just get like a more defensive minded wing just to kind of back up Moen uh, Barnes and like you have a more balanced team and hell and maybe even pushes De'Aaron into trying to score more because there's one less option out there well I guess when that time comes uh, hopefully we'll see a better Kings team um yeah so after they, they managed to actually weather the storm luckily for them the thunder was not very good at scoring and like they stayed at i think 76 or something like that for a long time and yeah we were able to weather that storm and then we go into the fourth like the kings go on a run to basically put themselves up double digits and they basically never really kind of looked back although the game lasted for way longer than it ever should with you know SGA just kind of basically putting his head down and driving to the rim and just getting foul getting all the foul calls he ended up with 17 free throws he made 14 but like if they really dragged out that final part of the uh final part of the fourth quarter and it didn't help that the Kings were making like sil- again silly mistakes losing focus and just kind of giving the giving an opportunity for the Thunder to take advantage luckily they weren't able to and we were able to come with the win but like the issues with the kings are still very much prevalent i mean yeah i, I mean to be honest i wouldn't be surprised if somehow we ended up a loss but you know yeah well we're just got we just got lucky that okc didn't hit too many shots i guess yeah 
again, one for 11 from three in the second half. I think Mike Muscalo, I think the Mike Muscalo three was the only one the entire second half. Which, that's pretty incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, as I said, not a pretty win. Again, there are no such thing as bad wins, but this was an ugly win. <laughs> I'll just say that. And yeah, unfortunately for us, a crucial win <laughs> for us not to drop further into the standings. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, uh, what was what did I say? It's pretty much almost like the battle of the 13th seed, but you know, we ended with, with 11th. And you know, got a shout out with Tyrese. Tyrese had another great game today, in my opinion. Or actually, no, what am I saying? He had a great game. Uh, yeah, just in your opinion. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, um, let, yeah, let's start talking about the players. Tyrese continues his really good play. It's a six-game stretch at this point where he's got scored 20 and 10, basically. Like, he, he's still, like, his plus-minus was really weird. He's a minus 17 for some reason. But, like, you watch the game. He was really good this game. Like, orchestrating. He finally got back into that uh, Holmes, uh, Halliburton pick and roll. And, like, you know, down the stretch, they actually went to it to create easy buckets. And that's how they kind of closed out the game. Um, On the other side, like, De'Aaron is not playing well yet. And I think part of it is just him coming back. But, like, 4 for 17, somehow a plus 8. And for for 12 points and 8 assists, but have three turnovers but he did hit enough shots but he does not look like himself just yet yeah not really i mean i don't that i guess his defense is still I the same it was okay to, i thought it was okay yeah. this game there was some matador moments but like he did okay on shay like when he was on shay i was fine with that when buddy was on shay i was like why is he always on shay <laughs> basically uh, and that's a transition to Buddy Heel. Buddy Heel started terrible. He shot two straight air balls to open the first, and <laughs> yeah. then, and then like that that dreaded third quarter. He was the, one of the culprits of the jacking of the threes. Just like there were two plays in transition where he just jacked up a three with no conscience and missed both. Again, luckily it didn't come back to haunt us. But like it, against better teams, those those misses really come back to haunt you. But after the after that drought, he was really good. He figured out like, oh, uh, these guys are scared of me shooting. Let me drive. Let me shot fake and drive to the rim. And that's what he did. He actually had some really nice drives. And then, like, there was one play where he even, like, you know, he he took one dribble and, and you know, went into the mid-range and nailed that, too. Like, sometimes, like, he needs to find a way to adapt. And in this game, he adapted. Yeah, I wish there would be more, I guess, consistency with his offense. Because, yeah, he can shoot the mid-range. And he can shoot the three. It's just no consistency at all throughout each and every game that we watched him. And uh, yeah, luckily this game he had a, a very good offensive game. But I mean, who knows what's going to happen next game? To be honest. Yeah, I mean it's the buddy experience, right? Like that—that's just how it is. Yeah, it's pretty annoying. Um, let's go over to Marvin. Marvin did honestly didn't do all that much this game, although he was very much present on the rebounding front. Like he rebounded the shit out of the ball. You know, ten rebounds in twenty-eight minutes, like nine points. You know. It, like I always, I really starting to kind of dig Marvin. It, it's unfortunate that he will be gone <laughs> sooner or later. <laughs> but like he's got good touch. He, you know, he he's a very energetic player, and he's finally kind of seemingly buying into a role. 
And it's just kind of, I mean, it's an unfortunate, like, inevitability that he will be gone at some point, most likely. And uh, it's unfortunate. I think he's got a lot of, he, I think he's going to bounce back wherever he ends up. And, may, you know, like, maybe by some miracle, he figures it out here. But, like, it's unlikely. But, like, if he does, like, decide to stay, if he's if they're able to kind of hash out those issues, like, he's he, I think he could be a very good ball player. Oh, yeah. I think, yeah, as long as he, you know, somehow improves a little bit on the defensive end, I think I think he'd be pretty solid. I thought he was, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't good by any means, but at least he was fine. And also another thing about, like, the energetic defense, th- this was probably the most goaltending calls I've ever seen from the Kings. <laughs> and, like, yes, they're goaltending calls, but at least it's showing that they're trying to block the shot. And, you know, maybe that's something. He got a few goal tens. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, ultimately, nice, I guess. Yeah, thumbs up. Uh, Harrison Barnes, just a consummate professional, only made threes this game. Like, it's one of those games where he was really hot from three. And, you know, it was the only shots that he hit. You know, 17, 17 points, 5 for 9 from three, 5 for 11 overall. And was kind of the consummate professional. Like, he, I thought he did pretty well on Shea when he was on him. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I feel like I say this every single freaking uh, time we talk about Harrison, but he's just Mr. Reliable. I mean, what else can we say about him? Uh, other than uh, there was a weird turnover that I didn't like where he drove in into like three guys. But other than that, yeah, five threes. Yes, like I, I don't I don't know what to say about those turnovers. Those turnovers just happen. You just hope like you get back well enough in transition for them not to hurt you. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, but like it, it happens, and honestly, he's not a guy that should go to the rim all that much, because like he's just not one of those guys that's. Well, at least he doesn't try to finish over people anymore. Like he used to be able to kind of do it, but like nowadays he's a, he's a very grounded player, and you know he gets you with that slow motion drive stuff. But like overall, it's not really gonna work against like you know length and when the lane's crowded. So it's just not really part of his game anymore. Uh, Rashawn, like, he finally kind of had a bounce back game. He did get into foul trouble, um, a little bit, but, you know, they finally started running Halliburton, um, Holmes pick and roll. And guess what? He was effective in those, in those plays and was able to kind of make things happen. Yeah. Hopefully we could see him more because, uh, definitely would want to see more minutes from him, uh, uh, other than, you know. Damian Jones and uh, let's see, actually that's that's the only center, other center we played. So yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully sometime we'll see 30 minutes from him, and uh, yeah, hopefully we see definitely see more Tyrese uh, Rashawn too because we definitely need more of that. Well, uh, you mentioned uh, Damian Jones. Damian Jones, I thought was really good this game. During that, like, he, he was a guy, like, remember how I always say that Metu was a guy that cherishes his minutes? He's definitely cherishing some of his minutes, too, because in this game, like, he fought for rebounds. He legitimately, like, fought people for rebounds. And, <laughs> yeah. like, he just, he would just get in there after, like, you know, the Kings couldn't get anything on offense. He would just kind of wrestle the ball out of these guys' hands constantly. And even during that drought, he was the only guy able to break the drought because he would rebound the miss and just draw fouls and just get free throws and try and get, like, guys in foul trouble. 
Like he was everywhere on on offense and defense. And you know he provided a decent amount of rim protection against uh, whatever like you know they uh, the OKC drove to the rim. Like he was good this game. He was the good Damian Jones. Yeah. Another guy that was like kind of a game to game uh, basis where you never know what will happen. I guess. Yeah, and then we mentioned uh, Terrence Davis. Terrence Davis was pretty good. It's, I don't love some of his step back threes. He hit three of five this game, but it's like it's one of those things where you know if it goes in, it goes in. But it's just like there there are some better shots out there, and he's not bad at getting to the rim. Like get to the rim a little bit more. He, he definitely loves that step back three. Shout out to him for a plus twenty though. He had the highest plus minus of the game. Yeah. That also surprised me, to be honest, because, you know, like we said, he was part of the three guys that were just chucking shots during that stretch. And I, I mean, I don't, I'm just going to shrug on that. Also, I do want to shout out like um, De'Aaron Fox and, uh, and, Ty, and Ty, ah, Terrence Davis. Jesus Christ. Why, how did I forget how to say that? Uh, they There was a concerted effort for them to to rebound the ball like they, they didn't box out perfectly i wish they would box out a little bit more but like they really fought for rebounds too and you know they actually won the rebound battle 57 to 45 this game and a lot of it was on damian jones metsu and bagley just gobbling up rebounds but also like you know the guards also rebounded pretty well and it's somewhat rare to see i wish that was a little bit more consistent for them it would solve a lot more issues if they were able to rebound a little better Oh, yeah. I guess we shall see about that. Okay. Well, that's the, what we have for this game. Like, again, ultimately, a win's a win, and it's nice to, you know, get one after such a, ver- such a, uh, I guess after such a ugly sh- stretch of basketball. Um, ultimately, like, I don't know what to take away from this. This was a depleted o- Oklahoma City team, and you let them hang around for way longer than you ever needed to. And, uh... Ultimately, I just I I would just say like a win's a win, but th- th- I don't see anything they can build off of from this game. Uh, yeah, sadly, but you know, hopefully we could build it off because we're going on a back-to-back. Uh, since there's a game tomorrow at seven thirty, yeah, seven thirty, sadly, uh, against Dallas. So hopefully we'll get another win. Uh, since is Luca still out? Luca is going to be out for this game. Mm. Well, we'll see. I mean, yeah, it's the king, so we'll see. But if we do get a win, hopefully we'll build that up and get another win on Friday, which is also Dallas. And that's sadly at 3 p.m. Yeah, if, yeah, I might end up missing that game because of it. Because it's so early. and <laughs> Your boy has work. So, yes, um, it looks so it doesn't say on ESPN, but I do remember seeing a tweet that Luca is out. And it looks like uh, Willie's going to be out. Jaquari McLaughlin, I don't even know who that is. Trey Burke will be out. Hardaway seems to be out. <laughs> Maxi Kleba. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a rough. It's going to be a rough watch if you're a, if you're a Dallas Mavericks fan. I, I'm just going to say, like, the, the game's there for the taking. Um, but you never want to say the king should win this game. You, you never want to say those words. Yeah, I mean, who knows? <laughs> they, they really should win this game, but you, again, you don't want to ever say it. Uh, no, I'm not going to say anything until it happens, to be honest. 
Okay. Well, after the um, commercial break, you will be hearing from us again after the Mavericks game. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, that was an interesting game to say the least. Uh, hi, uh, you got this is Owen, of course, coming to you right after the Dallas game. It is late here. I don't like these seven thirty starts. <laughs> it's just so late. You know, man's got to go to sleep. Man's got work in the morning, and so not the biggest fan. But I、uh, do have a little bit of time to record. It is、uh, unfortunately just me because、uh, Fong is busy today and wasn't able to watch the game. Nor is he actually free right now to report. He is a busy, busy man. Um, so it'll just be me talking about this game, and、uh, let's start with this.、Um, a quick recap, or actually, let's start with this. So the Mavs were down: Luca, Trey Burke, Tim Hardaway, Maxi Kleba.、Ah, I forgot his first name, but McLaughlin, Boban, Brandon Knight, who they just signed on a ten-day, and、uh, Willie Collie Stein. I just wrote Stein. That actually threw me off for a bit. So they are down. What? That's down eight people. And、uh, yeah, it was rough going for the Mavs.、Uh, Isaiah Thomas apparently just signed with the with the Mavs. He actually arrived in Sacramento at three today, and when he checked in, he got a good ovation from the Sacramento fans, and it's good to see that. Like you know, I I know I kind of crapped on him、um, earlier, and unfortunately, I will kind of crap on him a little later. But like he. It's really nice to see him back. Like he's had an incredible story and an incredible journey, and yeah, with the struggles that Boston is going through, like it's almost just you know refreshing. Not refreshing, but like I guess a little bit of just you know a feeling of karma. I guess I don't. Of course, I don't mean to. Dis- I don't mean to discourage the guys who play there and stuff. But that the top of the organization. Like I know Danny H isn't there anymore, but Danny H should never be able to live down the fact that he screwed Isaiah Thomas so bad. And it's an it's a really unfortunate story that he lost out on so much money. And you know, despite you know how the Kings kind of did him dirty a little bit, you know, on his way out. Like it's good to see that. You know, it clearly still loves the city. Like he, he had he dapped the、uh, announcer、um, before the game. Like you know, he still seems to have connections here, and it's just good to see him back in the NBA. He's he's a great guy, and you know, was once a great player. And you know, you it's hard not to root for him. You know, so yeah, good to see him back. Um, okay, let's kind of just get in get into the summary of the game. It was a very, very. It was looking to be a very, very Kingsy game,、um, and the reason I say that is because the Kings in the third got up 13 after after kind of taking a, a slight lead going into halftime, and looked like they were about to kind of pull away and probably end this one early in the third. But for whatever reason. Um, and and you know, honestly, we know this because we are Kings fans, and we have seen the Kings do this. They let the team back in. They let the Mavs just, for whatever reason, like they just had a series of turnovers that, for reasons only known to the basketball gods, just the dumbest turn turn turnovers I've ever seen. Where like a guy just drops the ball like twice in a row. There was one where Damian they pass Damian Jones like, you know, up top, and he just kind of loses the ball, gets tipped, 
And then I think there was one that Buddy were like they pass it to his stomach and he just drops it. And I think there was another one where like the guy saw the guy, you know, read the play and just stole it from Damian Jones. And it's just like, what is this? And of course, it, it leads to easy, um, easy um, buckets on the other end, of course. And basically, they let the team back in. Uh, the maps get yeah, back in the game. It turns into a back and forth game uh, all the way until the very end. So here's kind of how the ending sequence kind of goes. KP, oh no, so, okay, so the Kings go up by two after a, a really tough De'Aaron rebound. I really like how he rebounded that. He takes it down the court and then just misses, I think he missed Marvin on the lob, but he manages to get to the rim and go up by two. Coming down on the other end, Fox, um, Fox is guarding Jalen Brunson, and Jalen Brunson just drives, gets to a spot, and nails nice jumper. Jalen Brunson was great this game. Like, I really like Jalen Brunson. Like, he's just a guy that, it's in the same vein of kind of Desmond Bain. Doesn't try to do too much, but can also create very effectively. Like, he was 11 for 19 for 25 points, only had two free throws. Oh, no, one free throw. Like, outside of not being able to get free throws, he's a terrific player. Like, you know, he's a small, stocky guard kind of in the Fred Van Vliet mold and just, you know, goes out there and does shit. So anyway, he gets to a spot, nails a jumper. Um, they come, the Kings come down, they get the ball. So I, no, this was not the Barnes play, but they, they basically just, um, they missed the shot. I forgot what the shot was. Oh no. So yeah, um, Halliburton gets the ball to Rashawn who has a bunch of guys crowding him. He goes up with it and kind of gets it blocked. Looks like there's a foul, but no foul. They come down. Fox gets switched on to KP. He fouls KP. KP hits two free throws. And then Barnes comes down on a nice spin move. Wide open, just blows a left-handed layup. Looks like he just lost it on the way up. Um, so then so then they come back. The Mavs come back down. They get it to KP in the post. But the Kings do a good job of just kind of making them run clock. And KP ends up with a fadeaway that he airballs, um, and then on, and then coming back, um, you know, after some after some give take fouls, uh, Fox drives to the rim. Uh, basically, he catches the ball at the half court, just you know, just a few steps inside the half court line. Drives at Frank Nilakina, manages to kind of get free of him. Dwight Powell comes over to help. He passes it to Chemezi Metu, and he hits the game winning three. Just a huge shot, and just yeah, you know, all the credit in the world to him. Um, and the Kings win a very, very ugly game. Yeah, ultimately, like a win's a win, but this one was another type of ugly. Again, I just hate the fact that they got, get a, get into a big lead and just have the chance to go for the kill early and just go, you know, go home early and just like rest up but instead they just they can't help themselves but just let the maps get back in and they had to rely on a buzzer beating game winning three from metu to kind of bail them out they lose this game like king's twitter is very different and very you know depressed and honestly like i'm on that boat like i every time the kings lose nowadays like it's an ugly loss and this would have been a very ugly loss but hey it's an ugly win, but a win nonetheless, right? There are positives to take away from this game, of course. The Kings, like, they started out really bad, by the way. They were down 20-30, I think, after, after the first quarter. Like, they just, they couldn't stop the Mavs from hitting threes. They had four threes in the, in the first quarter. Four of six, I believe, was the number. 
And then they also just fouled the Mavs for free throws. Like, they were in the bonus with eight minutes to go. Like, it was looking to be a very ugly game. But they managed to fight back. And, you know, they also, like, fought on the rebounds. And did a lot of... They actually did a lot of good scram switching. Now, if you guys don't know what scram switching is, it's where, basically, the... Like, they, they were switching screens, so the big man ends up on the ball handler, and a guard ends up on the screener, which in this case is usually KP. But what the Kings did very well was that they scram switch, which was basically have the closest big man tell the guard to get the hell out of there and guard whoever the big man is guarding. Or which, like, you more that more or less is usually a smaller guy. Sometimes it still ends up being a forward, but they basically the big man, the other big man, which is like Marvin or Metu in this game, or even Damian Jones, like they'll tell the the guard to switch on to like someone else smaller, and then you know, like the big the big man ends up on KP, so they don't have a huge mismatch. And yeah, it, it, that was really good to see. Like that's a, that's another evolution in their defense. It wasn't perfect all around, but it was, they did a good job of just containing KP and not letting him go off. And just one note on KP, man's not really a superstar. Like it's just, I mean, next to Luca, theoretically he should fit, although there's some weirdness there too. But like he's not really a good enough passer for you to focus like to run the offense through although they did a pretty decent job this game but like he's not really that superstar that you run offense through and you know it's i get that they're trying to make him happy but it's kind of questionable that like they're sacrificing you know more sacrificing perimeter play to get down low to porzingis in the post who isn't all that great in the post to be honest you know he's not a great passer he doesn't have that many moves like doesn't have that many moves uh, down there it's just I get why they go down there. Like, I, I can never get the image of Terrence Davis guarding him last year in one of the games, and, like, he did not attack. So maybe this is better, but he's not a guy you run offense through. And also, I don't know what the hell... I remember uh, Anthony Edwards had a comment about how he thinks KP is the best room protector in the league. I don't know what in the hell he's talking about. He was not... He did not protect shit this game. Anyways, well, he did have three blocks, so maybe he did. Maybe I'm just misremembering. I don't remember him being effective down there at all. Like, he, there were some plays where he looked like Rudy Gobert, just looking at the... Like, Rudy Gobert's a good rim protector, but there was a lot of plays where he's just staring at the guy, laying it in. I don't know what the... I don't know what it is with them sometimes. They just don't go through the block. But anyways, yeah, they did a lot of scram switching. So there are, like, good things to take, to take from this game, but, you know, the bad... 14 turnovers most of them god awful turnovers that immediately immediately led to fast break points uh offensive execution like a lot of that was just them for whatever reason just dropping the ball and or not finishing the play even though like you know the play itself was actually run properly like you know Rashawn on some occasions dropped the ball damian's jones dropped the ball or sometimes the pass wasn't like fully accurate just like it something about this team it's just I, it, I can't even say it's like the iq of the team because you have pretty decent iq players and but sometimes they just drop the ball like you know literally for whatever reason like again they go up 13 and just commit the dumbest turnovers i've seen in a long time like no pressure no nothing just throw the ball away to the other team and then there's the offensive creativity issue which is another which kind of these all these three problems all kind of you know they all kind of connect to each other like the, there's only one pass 
like that the guard is supposed to pass it. There's no second or third option. Like you have to bat pass it to the one guy. And get and guess what? If for good teams, like the Mavs aren't even a good team. Sometimes they can just scout out like that, but they know you're gonna pass it there. So you know why not just reach in and just poke it away, or get in a certain position to deny the pass, and like the play, the passer will still pass it. Like, there needs to be a little bit more creativity of how they run more sets. Like, they can't, it can't be that this is one-dimensional. And I don't think it's an Alvin issue. I think it's just how the players, like, just seemingly, as a team, can't, you know, can't, you know, execute and, you know, process these things fast enough in real time. It's, it's like a team collective thing, and they need to work on it. Or they need to get players who can run these kinds of plays or have have more offensive creativity, you know. And you know, back to that, like Alvin's offense, like it clearly tells guys to shoot more threes. Now, this game they shot okay from three, but there's always an over reliance on you know living and dying by the three. And unfortunately, they just don't have the shooters to really do that with. Like you know, Metu shot well this game, but like he what a 26 percent three three point shooter if i remember right it's not a great three point shooter overall let me see he shoots 24 percent from three like and then he and then he's taking five this game granted he made three so good you know really good on him but like it relies on too much three point shooting and you know with buddy heel not shooting well you know terrence davis didn't even get into the game mo harkless is another one of those kinds of shooters where he's not a good shooter at all and you take what you can from him like it's we don't have the team to run that type of style so you know that's why i'm always that's why at this point i'm very much just kind of advocating for a trade of some sort but you know this is a, this is after a win it, you know everything is good for now and so let's keep the good vibes going but that you know i think there needs to be different players to run these kinds of sets or run this type of offense okay Let's get on to the player section. Uh, Fox was very aggressive to start and just relentlessly attack the point guard. Now I don't remember him having that many that much success on uh, Jalen Brunson, but like or no, um, Frank Nilakina, but he did attack Jalen Brunson very effectively and just like he got into a few post ups, had a number of step backs, step backs, fadeaways, and just and float. I think he had a floater. I don't remember, but like he was scoring pretty easily on Jalen Brunson and. You know, at, at certain points, I kind of felt bad for Jalen Brunson. They even had Isaiah Thomas guard him for a few stretches, and he went right down to the post and just shot right over him, I think. Maybe, maybe that was Barnes, because like they, have, they had IT on Barnes at some point, so that was, that was really weird. Anyways, Fox was aggressive coming out to start, and yeah, and it was good to see. He, you know, after a rough game, he sh- ended up shooting pretty well this game, 7 for 12, only 2 for 4 from the free throw line. I wanted to see him get to the free throw line more, and honestly, he should have more shots. Like, only 12 shots, that's not enough. Um, okay, well, the the bad of the fo- of Fox this game, um, his defense was pretty bad on the guards. I did read from James Hammond, apparently he thought he was good, he had played good defense on the forwards and centers. That might be the case. I didn't really pay attention to that. It seemed like he did okay well enough. He didn't get scored on them all that much, if I remember right. But like on the guards, he just let them get to their spots or let them blow right by him. Like Isaiah Thomas, like managed to blow right by him on one play and just like laid it in. I don't know what it is. He's back to his kind of nonchalantness on defense. I don't know why he does it. Like, he needs to be able to make more plays on that end or pl- just play better defense overall. I thought it was just pretty bad throughout this game. 
And, you know, if he's not going to score like 20-some points or like 30-some, if he's not going to go off, like this is a problem. I just think like, you know, to put more focus onto that onto that side, it's it's bad. Uh, Halliburton just did Halliburton things, ended up with another double-double with 12 points and 10 assists. The only thing I, the only bad thing I can say about him is I just wish he would score more. He, I think, I feel like he should get to 20 and 10 every single game. Um, Barnes chipped in just 14 solid points. Um, as I mentioned, IT was on him like for a few mo- for a few like possessions or for like an entire stretch actually, like in the second. And it was actually good to see the Kings actually like be able to get the bottom down low. Honestly, I had my doubts of like them, I guess having the IQ to find him in his spots, but they did and they went on a bit of a scoring run after that. Yeah, I don't know why IT was on him to begin with, but sure. Um, the only the bad thing about him this game, he did blow a layup, um, as I mentioned earlier. Like 27 seconds left in the game, they were down two, and he got a beautiful spin move on Dorian Finney-Smith and just blew the layup. And that's, so that's the only thing I'll, I'll, bad I'll say about him this game. Marvin, uh, let's get to Marvin. Marvin just... Because he's finding ways to contribute. Like, you feel him out there nowadays. Like, well, at least I do. And, like, you know, he didn't actually... Sh- well, he shot 50% from the field, which is pretty good. Hit, you know, 1-3. But it felt like he was playing a lot better. Um, on defense, he was a bit um, all over the place. Like, I felt like he just fouled a little too much. And he kept reaching in. and Instead of just, you know, putting his hands straight up. But, like, he was really good. Like, he... I thought, like, you know, he guarded KP pretty well when he needed to. And just... You know, he's finding his—he's finding a way to do his thing, like you know, score without forcing the issue. And you know, he—he he grabbed it, like a lot of rebounds too. And you know, like that—that that is a big reason for like the increased rebounding numbers that we—that we're seeing now. Like they actually are rebounded the Mavericks pretty handily this game. And Marvin contributed a lot to that. Um, let's move to Rashawn. Rashawn is, I feel like, I feel he's getting back in the rhythm a little bit more. He, he gobbled up quite a few rebounds and yeah, he he ended up with six this game and was overall pretty solid. And they're running the Halliburton, uh, Holmes pick and roll a little bit more now. And, you know, he, they're finding their rhythm again, but like he's, he, they're, they're getting it back. They're slowly ramping it back up and you know, sooner or later, they'll kind of, they'll kind of like be able to run this as a go-to option once again. And, you know, it's only, it's only a matter of time. Uh, Metu, as I mentioned earlier, solid throughout the game. Talk about gobbling up rebounds. He led the team in rebounding with eight, even though he only played 20 minutes. And like Rashawn played 26, Marvin played 28. Again, he's a guy that simply goes out there and plays hard. And he was three of five from three this game. And, you know, he, he just, he, he try he tries to, he always plays with an edge to him. And I always respect it. And, you know, he was three for five from three. And of course the crucial three, the one three that won the game, you know, it's just, he, you know, he stayed ready. Some like, honestly, I thought he wasn't going to play this game um, just cause like, you know, judging from like, uh, from past games where like, for whatever reason, when he's not starting, he doesn't play. It's, it's a weird thing. But like he managed to get off the bench and provided really good minutes while he was out there. He, oh, he's actually a minus ten. That's interesting. Huh. I thought he played. I thought he played a lot better. But like he was really the only guy that was really hitting threes this game for the Kings. Yeah, yeah, he led the team in rebounding and threes this game. So yeah, it's just one of those kinds of games. And like yeah, he hit he hit the game winner. 
all the kudos all the kudos to him he always cherishes his minutes and it's always great to see uh damian jones provided good minutes although i can't really name anything he actually did he was just kind of out there providing energy there was one play where he picks up his he picks up his fourth foul like he picked up his third and his fourth i think on consecutive plays where jalen brunson just ran into him and just got drew the foul and he ended up just kind of taking out the anger on the other side with like with a strong move and a mean dunk so like that's one notable thing he did this game like he provides good energy anytime he's out there and i really and i'm glad he's finally getting minutes i've always kind of called for him to get more minutes he's, he's a decent enough player with who's you know he's a big guy who's mobile and you know he's not he's not perfect out there but at least he like plays hard and you know is able to do stuff out there um davion terrific in his first game back played hard on defense like always and scored 14 points like anytime you can get scoring from it's an is an absolute bonus he ended up six for nine from the field two for four from three five for five in the first half and of course and yeah 14 points and of course played his you know usual brand of defense only played 19 minutes this game though because uh apparently he was dead tired and actually told alvin to take him out so he's still recovering from COVID and, you know, there's going to be a ramp up period with him. And, you know, it's just good to see to see him back. And, you know, he, he was a huge contributor to, the, to this game. And last guy I'm going to go over, Buddy Heal, just largely silent. The only shot he hit was a three up in the first half. I want to say it was the second quarter. I don't remember. It was a pretty terrible three, too. And, like, he just shot it over. A guy made it. So what are you going to say? But... You know, he's just not getting looks. It's weird. And, you know, he didn't play that many minutes. He only played 23 minutes this game. But, like, yeah, he's not he's not getting looks. And he's trying to seemingly kind of expand his game by kind of driving to the rim a little bit more, kind of mix it up. But, you know, he didn't really... He just didn't get too many opportunities this game, it seems. And, yeah, um, I don't know what it is with him. Honestly, this is actually fine. I actually prefer it this way so that he's not hurting you as much, I guess. But like, yeah, I mean, he, he he did what he had to do, and you know, like, like he wasn't bad when when he was out there. So that's a bonus. Okay, overall, that's all I have for this game. Um, yeah, I already spoke about KP and Jalen Brunson, and of course, it you know, good to see him back. Good to see him back in sack too. I think this is the first time he's been back in sack for a while. Um, you know, just good to just really good, just really nice. I mean, again, not a great win by any means, an ugly win, but a win nonetheless. And last thing I want to quickly um, just talk about. Um, so it came out today that uh, Ricky Rubio took out, or uh, tore his ACL. And I've, I've, you know, that's really unfortunate. He was playing so well for the Cavs and it just sucks that like he's going to be out for the rest of the season. And, you know, like he's just always one of those, mo one of the most underrated players in the league. Like, you know, everywhere he goes, he seems to be—he seems to always have an, a positive effect on the team. Like you know, Phoenix, like when the first year they got him before the, the year before Chris Paul, like he made that team really good. He was one of the key cogs. Like he's not Chris Paul by any means, but he's a very good kind of, you know, like middle class version of Chris Paul to a certain degree. He's not the score, but like he's a guy that always finds finds guys in his spots and just gets the offense moving. And like, you know, he just seems to, he's a very underrated player. Like, I, you know, 
two teams that always come to mind that I felt like should have traded for him at some point was like the Celtics and the Clippers who just need a point guard to get, you know get guys the ball in their spots and like you know I was saying like the Celtics and Clippers should try and get a try and make a play to steal Ricky Rubio from Cleveland but unfortunately he is down now it's unfortunate and uh hopefully he does come he does come back strong um he's a very good player and it's just unfortunate a guy that's been that crucial to that team and many teams that he's been on like just goes out like this okay oh i lied one more thing so i thought this was interesting um tony storm has been released from uh wwe i just i just found it interesting because you know that he's in a he's in a storyline with charlotte granted a pretty terrible storyline for the most part but like you know it seemed like they were trying to do something with him or with her and for and just randomly she's just out it just seems to kind of be the memo nowadays like guys like ask for their release guys and gals just ask for their release because they're just not happy wwe's going in a certain direction that's just i don't know what the hell they're doing to be honest um and you know it's seemingly starting to kind of affect morale i guess backstage now well tony storm another very talented wrestler just kind of gone for no for essentially no reason again just embroidered in just terrible storylines not letting her wrestle which is what what the fuck and just you know wwe is going through a weird time with these budget cuts awful storylines and just overall kind of apathy to a certain degree within that organization and it's it's interesting i'm gonna be paying attention to see who who i guess if more people are gonna end up getting released um going forward um day one is this saturday maybe i'll talk about it um after on after the sunday game i don't know yet but like you know it's uh it's an interesting time uh, in WWE. It's another person like that was really good in NXT, just goes up to the main roster, to, just given shit storylines, terrible booking, and just, you know, how can you blame anyone for wanting to leave, right? Like, at, at least for now, it seems like that wave has kind of slowed down a little bit because Kevin Owens resigned. So maybe there's something there, but like, why would anyone sign there anymore? I mean, we know why. Money. But, like, I mean, do you want to suffer through the headaches, I guess? Like, having to deal with Vince, like, who just seems like he's at his wit's end at this point. Like, looking like he's about to develop Alzheimer's at any point. Like, it's just... I, I wouldn't be able to work there. I don't know. But then again, if they put together... If they put together a contract in front of me, we're going to pay you, you know, a million dollars a year. Like, how, how would I say no? <laughs> you know? So, but yeah, um, just wanted to quickly bring that up. Tony Storm, I actually liked her from what I've seen. Um, and yeah, hopefully she finds another place. Maybe she's back to the UK Indies. Or, like, I am getting, I'm getting tired of people going to AEW. Like, it just seems like they can't sign everybody. Like, maybe there's another option out there. You know, Impact has a good women's division. Well, ROH used to have a what used to have a women's division. They're kind of going, they're going through changes. So I don't know what their status is. Hopefully we get to see more Tony Storm because, like, from the clips I've seen, like, she was she was different <laughs> before she came to WWE, and you know, maybe maybe we'll see more of her. Okay, well, that's it for this um, portion of this episode. 
Um, Fong will be back on the next uh, episode against the Mavs. I believe it's on Friday. And again, it's on a 3 o'clock. So hopefully I'll be able to actually watch it. If not, um, you'll probably be hearing more from Fong than you will from me. Um, he'll probably, he'll, I think he'll definitely be on the episode unless something changes. So thank you guys for listening to this episode. We'll catch you guys on the next one.